podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers, and what a dramatic Whistleblowers this is about to be a three-act play, a soap opera, a Hollywood blockbuster. No envelopes, just the truth. Best podcast with the name of the Whistleblowers goes to... The Whistleblowers! Hey. Oh, well done, mate. Warren Beatty looks so old and sad and tragic at that moment. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. So it's very filmic-based here, but let me... Uh, we'll do first of all, with, with a familiar sound and voice to our podcast here, is Stuart Wright rejoins us. Good evening. June. Thank you. Um, and he's here for two good reasons. Uh, number one, because uh, he can have a nice chat about what we're also going to chat about, but he can also have a nice chat about Monday night. That's Mardi Arsh, you mean? We have been swapping uh, text during the course of the day, and I hoped you'd arrived at Philosophical by now. You've not got there yet. I was philosophical until 75 minutes in the game, because you kind of, you, you think you're going to win. It's 24 <laughs> hours now, know, Stu. Know, that's, you know, that's where it goes. The moment has passed. More Stu in the moment. You brought a United fan, so what am I going to do? Uh, well, I have indeed. I've got, I'm delighted to say, <laughs> I thought this was going to be a bit E13 this <laughs> evening. Obviously, being me of that West Ham persuasion, and I thought, oh, this is yeah. You be... said you're going to get you bring in the two Iron Men, and I'm thinking, okay, uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are. The, they are the two men behind the forthcoming film Iron Men, and all will become clear as soon as. Let's let them introduce themselves, and you can hear exactly just our East End. This experience is about to be for the next half hour. <laughs> First of all, Cat Soul. Hello there. I'm the executive producer of Iron Men, and I'm a Forest fan. See, he didn't put that voice on. He I'm not really, that is he how really I talk. Like yeah. That. Yeah. You think that's bad? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Paul. Hello, Mark. Go on. Hello, Mark. Paul, Paul Crompton's with us. Paul, what's your what's your job? I directed the film, and I was born in Salford, and I am a Manchester United fan. Commendable, commendable. At least. Stu lives in Brisbane Road. So there's this weird, somehow, I don't even know if it's a quasi-connection. Uh, the great thing is, this is going to be a wonderful story to find out quite <laughs> how you boys in, ended up telling that particular La La Land-based story, <laughs> which, of course, is exactly how the farewell to Upton Park seemed to be in the end. But before that, let's, let's, let's involve ourselves with the last couple of days of football. I'll, I'll, Paul, I'm going to give you... Let's start with you because I want to. Let's start with something. Let's go chronological here because it struck me that for United and Mourinho and therefore everything that that cup win was enormous. And even before you know, even before the Ibrahimovic, you know, header of one of the best cup finals I've seen at Wembley, by the way, in the modern yeah, Wembley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you did you did you get have you got that sense of importance about it? I went mental. I couldn't okay, control fair myself, and it felt as though that the League Cup was the most important cup in the whole world that moment. And and who'd have thought that a few years ago when United were picking up Premier League's left, right, and centre? It felt like a big moment after a pretty dark few years. Did did you get a catch? Is the fact that they went in there? I I, I think they I, there was there's probably a good out on it in the fact that the, the argument is a sort of secondary cup. But it struck me that everything about that game said United needed it needed something under their belt and there's the one. 
I think the thing is, you know, you remind yourself this is the League Cup. And as a Forest fan who've made a reputation of winning it when we did win things, that's what we won, was yeah. the League Cup. Brian Clough's name mentioned quite yeah, often yeah, during the course we, of the We won it four coverage. times, I think, yeah. at that time. And Mourinho's equaled that record now. But at the time, and you see the Pogba's and you see the Abramovich... Abram, um, the, the, Slatan 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 Go the easy way Yeah Slatan <laughs> and you see Pogba And you see Herrera And you see all these other guys You think You know full well They had no idea What the League Cup was Before they arrived They know what Wembley was <laughs> They know Come Wembley, on. They, know they, Wembley. Yeah, they do where they, they were They have no idea What this cup is But it meant a lot, didn't it? You yeah, could yeah, see yeah, It yeah. meant a lot And then totally. suddenly You suddenly realise In the building blocks Of how you build A legacy And a team and you look back at others who have won the League Cup like Forest, and you think, you know, back to, to even Ferguson winning it in... Um, yeah. Actually, against Forest in 1990. Um, you know, it's part of building that winning mentality. Well, Mourinho's original first trophy for Chelsea... Yeah, was exactly. ...was against Shulock, was that? Yeah. 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 When he run up and down, the, he, he, he danced yeah. in front of us. Yeah. Did he? By, by, by sheer accident, he danced around the Liverpool fans. It was... The beauty of it was, though, from United's point of view, this, it struck me as a perfect storm because it was a, a, such a game of football as well. If there would have been this kind of somewhat pedantic United win and Southampton had gone in there and sort of just tried to co- sort of cover up a bit, but we've got disallowed goals, you've got comebacks, you've got... You've got and, the, and, and then the flourish of a finish with, you know, with Zlatan header. It was, it was almost perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean it was... Obviously, with 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 bias glasses on, it was amazing that Southampton didn't win. But I couldn't believe it's the first time I've really watched that Sam play, and he doesn't look like a man being put out to pasture. He was carrying United, and literally, yeah, obviously, yeah, when you yeah. went mental, he he, yeah. he 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 tip he, he top the game off. But but it was it was also that thing as when I was nine years old watching that seventy six final, and they scored that offside goal. It felt right. Yeah. Just to, just to never square that, that circle. Never thought that would come up today. And, well, <laughs> it just oh, felt... No, after all that time, we can put that to rest now. Do you know what I mean? This is, you've only got... How, is that 30 or 40 years? 41. Your 41. 41. 41 years. <laughs> well done. For, welcome back. Thank you. Can I just say that? That's right. The, the ice, happened. The ice man cometh again. Yeah. Marino covered it, didn't he, in his press conference after? Did he? I, uh, <laughs> My theory is, and there will be very degrees of this one here, is that I think it's good for, and, I, and you know, just because you boys are here, I'm saying it's good for the narrative of the Premier League, is that United start again. Because otherwise, you're ending up with, we, we're certainly going to end up with a one horse race this year, but we need competition up there, don't we? need to keep it interesting. It's, uh, United have got to be one of them, haven't they? Well, there's a group of them now, isn't there? Yeah, so there are, there are a few of them. But yeah. half a dozen yeah. serious competitors would be wonderful, wouldn't Which it? Which we haven't really had, no. if you think about it. But, you know, you get normally, you know, it's been in the last few years two horses, hasn't it? It's been United, it's been Arsenal, it's been. Now it's, it's creeping up. Now Liverpool could be in that. And now you've got Man City as well. And now you've got Spurs as well. It's probably been as open. As we've seen, yeah, and that's a good thing. I, 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 you know, I still find it hard to say yes. It's a good thing that Manchester United are winning games. Well, I'm no, sorry. no, no, I, 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 I understand Southampton the moral dilemma you've got. Exactly, yeah. And, of course, and they were the better team. And then with last year's anomaly thrown into the into the into the boot as well, into the batch as well. Then. Interestingly, though, I think I think Mourinho's probably the only one of the manager. I mean, Wenger, I suppose, 
but Wenger seems to mess up with Arsenal. But of like you think of Pep Guardiola and Klopp coming into the league, they can't get their head down the fact there's six teams going for four places. Yeah. Any other league in the in Europe, you haven't got that competition for Champions League. It's like no, you're it's saying, two. It's, you're it? saying, I mean, it's two teams, yeah. and you're, then a yeah. bit of Europa yeah. League nonsense, yeah. isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a stupidly competitive. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do, do you think that? Way, I know we're not talking about Liverpool yet, but we are. They're coming. Don't you worry. Falling down is that he's underestimated what the strength of that league is. He, he appear. He doesn't appear to have learnt lessons from games where you think we were favourite to win it, and then we look like we've never seen a football. Yes. Whereas. We wipe the floor with Tottenham. We win at Stamford Bridge. We just, we nearly, we... we, we Can, if, if, if you don't mind me trying to wait for the, the beautiful piquancy of discussing <laughs> this in more intimate detail in just a few minutes' time, um, which we will do. Thanks, uh, my, No, it's what I'm here for. But before we do that, it's... Managers are an interesting part of this whole story. Patently, the cult of that has worked so well. The personalities thereof, all the way back from Arsene being the sort of original version of, say, your personality, new face, sort of parachuted in. How was Slaven Bilic to deal with during the course of, a, of the football season on, on Ironman? Because we know full well... We've seen, we've been privileged as, 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 as supporters or indeed viewers to the man who stands on the touchline, then the man who turned up at ITV as the pundit, who <laughs> was sensational. Just so, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just the winner, he won the championship, you know. Was, was, he a good, was he a good man to deal with? He was great to deal with, and he's very interesting and very thoughtful, and he contemplated leaving Upton Park a lot, and he understands the financial reasons why, but he he's a football man. Yeah. For him, it's all about football. And he talks about that in the film, and he's brilliant at that. But what he does talk about in the film, he talks about egos and the importance of the ego. Oh, really? And, not, the, and not, not the downside of ego. No, the, the upside of the ego. Good, good. You have to have an ego to be masterful on the pitch and be and stand out. You know, that's, a ve- that's the highest level you can play that, that game. And it takes, it, what, it's what separates them from us. We think we can play football on a Sunday afternoon. What separates them from us is that enormous ego of, and ability. But yeah. he talks about that and managing that is not easy. It's Number difficult. Number one and two in a very long list. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> But it's, he has to manage that. And he's a charismatic guy and they like him. He's a big guy and that helps in being, um, you know, taking leadership. But, um, and, and he's kind of interesting. He's very quietly spoken. I think that gives him a power. He's, you know, he's, got, it's, he's, an, he's a very he's interesting guy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. definitely, you know, some, and the great managers always have an aura and you can see it. Um, around him. That is I, there an intellect as well? And, and, and this is going to sound already demeaning, dismissive. But what I mean about that is that Virtually every footballer won't will have a, will have enough instinct to say I can't say out loud. Oh, suddenly we, I've just forgotten about Latin, but the, but I can't say out loud that I'm good at this. I have to appear to try and I've, I've got to be the, humble. I'm one of the team. I've I'm got one to, of the team. yeah. I've got a lot of my guys. <clears throat> is that and, and that is to misunderstand the nature of ego, isn't it? It's, it's a genuine weapon. He's the boss. There's absolutely no yeah. doubt about that. You know, and he doesn't need to raise his voice to do that. He's the boss. Oh, really? You, you, no. so- it, it, you know, it's, there's a bit in the film where he talks about something that he's, he's brought into the club. And we noticed it when we were filming around the, the, uh, the, the changing rooms and around the training area. It's every time somebody comes in, what happened was the first Andy Carroll came in. And he walked into the players' room and we were setting up our cameras and 
buggering about trying to set things up. And he comes in, and he doesn't know who we are. And he comes over and he says, hello, good morning. And he shakes everybody's hand. Really? He shakes my hand, he shakes the sound, he shakes the runner's hand, everybody's hand. And we're thinking, what's he doing? <laughs> and we watched him and he went round and shook everybody's hand. And we talked to Slavin about this letter and he said, yeah, that's what we do. Everyone who comes into this club, when you come in in the morning, you shake hands with everyone and you look them in the eye and you say good morning. And it takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. but, <laughs> no training. <laughs> just handshaking. Oh, you know, if you got points for handshaking, West Ham would oh, win it. Right? Exactly. Hands down, but, Champions League but, of gesticulation. But they do yeah. it. And, and suddenly you get it. It's a really simple thing. But suddenly everybody in there is welcome. Everyone's connected. And every player, kit man, Anyone, doorman, anyone, guys who were in the kitchen, they go in there and shake their hands. And I thought, you know, it's a subtle thing, but it's a really important Major thing. thing. And indeed, the manager and the relationship with everybody is, is the big story as of Monday night. And we'll talk about that in just a moment's time. Radio, got me headphones. I've been going now about 28 years. Every single home game. It's in 1980. It's part of our life. They may be leaving Upton Park, but not until they've turned it into a fortress. Upton Park has been my home, and I don't really want to leave this. Just need the fans to stick with us like they have done this year fantastically, and let's move on together. It's just not going to be the same not coming here. We got it, really. If you want a proper football game, then it's bowling ground, yeah. It's just about the football, it's about where I'm from. How's it going to affect the businesses, really? I had a stall outside of Green Street, just like you. Really? All I yeah. want, David, is no more than the opportunity to work. Good luck. For us, it's an end of an era. Last ever issue of OLAS. People say, nice football match, but it's 40 years of my life. Tonight, we'll be reporting from the Bolland Ground, which has hosted so many famous cup games in its 112 years. I had the dream over West Ham, and I woke up crying. For our supporters, this is a church, it's a holy place. It's a huge responsibility to take that away from them. The streets of... Right. Monday evening. I've got no idea what happened. <laughs> I've no, I cannot get a handle on Claudio Ranieri out. Clay Shakespeare in, uh, absolutely slaughtering a, 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 a good team. Um, they find their feet. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, it's, it's a mess of pottage that I cannot get my head around at all. First of all, when you watch the, around the table, when you watch that game, did you think, how dare they play that well? In relation to what I've got on prior in the in the previous few days, Leicester. Leicester. Was that while I was dry wretched at the same? <laughs> you must have gazed up occasionally. Yeah, no, no. I think I, I, I was. Um, if you remember, I did I did that fan TV thing where we did the Hackney Marshes. And yes. Leicester fan was on there with us, and I stayed in touch with him, and. He he was issuing certificates on Twitter, which was really funny, to all of the football fans for their understanding of Leicester's position because because it was such a romantic story. Then winning the league, we all came out as football going, "How oh, shameful you've sacked him, shameful!" And it's like you don't fucking watch him. We do. Yeah. This has gone wrong, regardless of what went on before. And let's be honest, Ranieri's been sacked a few times. 
Right, okay, so that's, <laughs> so Stu's gone pragmatic, and I, and, which I think is, is one of the many legitimate responses to it. And uh, again, but one of the definite emotional responses seem to be the fact that they, that, that, that they dropped on him, one on him from a great height by being <laughs> good against Liverpool that night. But the bounce, the new manager bounce, is a, is a weapon. It's, we've seen it time and time and time again in football. It is, but I, and I'd also say if there's a team you wanted to play as Leicester, it would probably be Liverpool. And I, I know we talked about this earlier, now, but their record against teams at the lower half of the table compared to teams at the top. Sure. You know, I, I don't know what happens. You'll have a much better idea than I what happens. I but I just saw it. <laughs> if, if, you, if, if you're a team that plays a quick ball from the back over the top for your forward to chase... Liverpool are the team to play the because high, they play so high You mean up. the high lump it forward to the fast bloke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't know why the genius Klopp can't figure that one out. Yeah, Just no. drop back a little. One of you drop back and Fardy's got nowhere to go. He's got nowhere to go, which is what most of the teams have figured out about Liverpool, uh, Leeds, uh, sorry, Leicester as well, yeah. to a certain extent. But I think True. Leicester, if, you, if you're going to have the bounce and you know you're going to have one when you get a new manager in, ta- in charge, especially because of the criticism well, two, the players got. 2017 has really been Liverpool's year of the be the victim of the bounce because we, we got beat at Hull with their new manager. I do, I do like a good list of excuses, Swan, don't you? Swansea, yeah. you know, Swansea came to Anfield. So you're saying so other clubs are doing really badly yeah. is a reason why you're doing badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Swansea How dare to that? with a new manager and they win. And then we go, we get the biggest dead cat bounce of all, which is Leicester have just fallen into the bottom three. <laughs> they sat the manager while... I mean, I must admit, the romantic side of it for me is that Give him the second leg against Sevilla, at least. I mean, if you know he's going, he's, <laughs> right, like, he's still in the Champions no, League and it's too long. Yeah, I go back yeah. to Catchy's point then, in that case, is that, uh, that, that someone tweeted out the, the programme notes from the owners and everyone's treating these owners as if they're these sort of like, they turned up three weeks ago and don't know what for, what's relegation? You know, that kind of crew, you know. They've been there seven years. They, these are men who have built this club and brought in Ranieri to win, and, and they won a title, and they and they created a, a a business there where they can where they can actually make money. They don't lose money. Have you heard the quote, the Mark? They were two years early winning the league. They were they were wanting to finish. They wanted to make them a top five <laughs> team, and they're two years early in the project. Well, in which case, they, they may be ten years early <laughs> yeah. going down. But, but <laughs> I don't know that pointing the fingers at them, saying, "Look, there's you know there's the there's the, you know there they are twiddling their moustaches up there with their, with their big black coats on and, stra- and strapping the damsel in distress to the train line." It strikes me as being much too easy an approach this because, and, and perhaps tactically, as Cash points out, they, they gave Liverpool game, they targeted saying, "This could we could turn our season around on this one." Yeah, I, I, it's the same team, isn't it, that won the league? And they've plummeted from Apart the top. Apart from Kante. This, Kante's yeah, the only... Well, yeah, that's right. a big loss. So, Factor. owners, managers, whatever, it's the players that turned it around on, on Monday night. Yes. And they played in a similar sort of way they've been playing all season. But somehow, they did that. I mean, I saw that bit where Castro Spital was just going frantic in front of the fans, urging the fans on. You know, there's something in the players that was just a little bit above a normal match thing but drink, going Can I just on. add, though, as, as, as a kind of spoiler for this... Drinkwater will never hit a ball. Like, he's got his first <laughs> no. Premier League goal this yeah. season and he'll never hit a ball no, like, good but in that's, his life. But, yeah. there, but this is that... I, there's the rub of this situation, having Craig Shakespeare on the touchline got one in, is <laughs> the fact that you've got... That you, what you wouldn't have had is Drinkwater hitting the ball like that. The True. midfield charge around like that. Vardy not stopping for 95 minutes. Vardy stood on Mane in the first, first 10 seconds. Yeah. And Liverpool yeah. went, oh... Shit. Hello, welcome yeah. to a game of football. Mm. 
What you would and, and, and Schmeichel jumped around. What you wouldn't have had, Paul, is that if Claudio Ranieri was the the boss that night, they wouldn't have motivated themselves that way, would they? No, but and I don't know what the answer is, but something no. went badly wrong at Leicester over the last six months. Or maybe it? just something went really uh, compared well compared to last season. season. <laughs> 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 and this is the extra oh, level. I'll throw that in there, I fancy, <laughs> yes. You know, there's a lot to be said. Let's see what they do in the next two games. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's yeah, one that's the thing, but, isn't but, it? But yeah. it looks like... Decent. But I, I tell you what, Stu, what, there is an interesting quote. Now, I'm this idea that, you know, they're talking behind the manager's back is that... It strikes me as weird. Is that you know, if, you, if your employer asks you how do you think it's going, and you and you answer a question, the the conspiracy theory may or may not prove to be true. Strikes me as being somewhat over the top, I, but I, it does happen in football. We know it's the case. But there was an interesting quote from Vardy amongst amongst the maelstrom of, of of stuff that poured out after the game. He said, "We need to show we had the fight. We can hold our heads high." Now, both of those. The first thing, absolutely, but you could argue. That might have applied as well for the last three months. Mm. Holding his head, the high head high thing, is there an implication in saying, look, we have done nothing wrong, or if we did, we moved on anyway, as is everybody else, even though we waved, everyone waved their phones around. And it was a lovely thing. And, and, and you, you can't ignore what Cladrini did. Name the damn ground after him. But have they done the right thing ultimately? Is it, is it going to work? Well, I think just given what you said there about Vardy, it plays back into what, what the what the guys were saying about Ironman, about the cult of, of Billich and that dominant personality, that if that dominant personality begins to weaken, then you don't have, yeah. you don't have, a, you don't have a figurehead. And the managers might not, might not be the boss of the club, like obviously the owners make all them, but actually the, the machinations of what happens on the green bit is to do with how much influence Claudio Ranieri has on the club. And if he's got none... Then Vardy, Vardy's, and again, this this is the thing—the behind-the-scenes part of this. The, you know, the behind the Wizard of Oz curtain is massive in football, and thank God we hardly ever see it because I think we'd never <laughs> get out of bed in the morning. Let's take Forrest as an example, no. shall we, Catch? Is that do we have to? You've seen this over the last few years. Is that without necessarily casting aspersions or pointing fingers, Peyton Lee, whatever the chemistry is there. <laughs> it's 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 nitro and indeed glycerine, isn't it? Oh, it's just a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't actually remember how many managers we've had over the last four years. It's at least eight. I mean, we, we, we've set a new standard of how you manage a club. Is you hire a manager at the start, he buys players, and by about Christmas you let him go, and then you have an interim manager for the rest of the season. We that, don't that have been the shape, isn't it? Yeah, we, we've had nothing in the club, and we've lost everything in terms of personnel. We've not had a director of football. We've not had a chief executive. Which club does Seriously? not have a chief executive? Yeah. Wow. We still don't have one. We've only just appointed a finance officer. We don't have any infrastructure in this club. Do at we all. all remember the glory days when you didn't know they had them people at football clubs anyway? He didn't need them before. <laughs> the butcher used to do it, no, didn't no, he? And he exactly, slot on the board exactly. and everything else. It's old Lil on the chat. You know, she was on the gate, wasn't she? And there was no one worried. But of course, that stuff happened. Yeah, it's I just mean, that no one cared. But it's now we're all privy to it. And the, and the, and the problem with being privy to it is we all think we've got an opinion and know what's right and wrong about it. But it's never that easy, is it? United are one of the fine leading examples of this, aren't they, of the last... I guess it's, you know, since the Glazer takeover, it's been... They've led the way to a great extent. In what area? What do you mean? In, in... Well, in everything. In the fact that we all, that we all know about the business. Are you talking about the corporatisation of football? I'm just saying the fact that we just know too much. Mm. I mean, I, I, yes, Roy Keane sandwich, Paul sandwich, if you want to, but just everything we know too much. 
But it's 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 who can get the most money, and that's what the racing. Yeah, towards. well, yeah, and that's what they want, you know. And that's guy, those guys are brought in just to do that part of it. You know, yeah. Ferguson yeah. was given a lot of chances before he got it right, mm. and you have to remember that. And I don't think you know. I think Wenger is probably the last of those managers to be given chances. You know, Wenger yeah, yeah, totally. should have about forty-seven other managers' chances, though. And so that's a slightly different. But there is there is a there is a, a, a theory, isn't there? You need about two and a half to three seasons to get something right. And if you look at the teams that come up from the Championship the last ten years, I think most managers have been there two or three years before uh, they get promotion. Okay. It's very rarely that you do it in the first but you, year. But, but the only guys you see are doing that are, say, the Sean Dyches, who are, or, yeah. or, or perhaps Eddie Howe, you know, p- people who will be given time. But therefore, but, but obviously we're not talking about teams that are necessarily where we were before this conversation, six, top yeah. six or eight positions. It's not going to work that way. So speaking of backstage machinations, <laughs> you how did Iron Men start? I mean, it's a, it strikes me as being... Obviously, it strikes me it has been a wonderful story to tell because you are telling, it's, it, it starts and it finishes. There's, it's a finite tale to tell, isn't it? But, but to tempt somebody to open the door to what could have been a season that, that, that exploded like a bomb rather than sort of going out with a bang, which is pretty much the same thing, but I mean in a positive way. Was it difficult to get the Iron Man process going as a film? Uh, well, I think, well, obviously, we're not. West Ham fans, but we work, you know, we make programmes, we make TV. Steve, who's one of the, the group of people who've put this together, it is a season ticket holder, ah. died in the wall, West Ham fan. His dad's a West Ham fan, his granddad's a West Ham fan. You know, they're, they're sort of born in jelly deals or whatever it is they eat around there. Do you, know but, that's you, know, not, you do know that's not a place, that's actually... It's, <laughs> really? It's, it's a food, it is, it I thought is it was, in quotes, a food product. Is it not the next stop on to Welsh? I've seen the embryos of Cockneys coming out. I've seen it. I know jelly deals. And Welks. Welks is the That's the end of the line. No one goes there. Welks is at the end of the line. It's true. Well, we went to West Ham and we thought, well, you know, let's give it a shot. We'll go and just ask them and see what they think. Because um, it's not a West Ham film. It's not owned by the club. It's not made by the club. No, it's made as by, by, by an independent so no group of people. So no control as it's as such then? No, no. Yeah. So we weren't the only ones to go there, but I think we put together a group of people with Paul and some other people who had like, good credentials and we said... And we were very clear about what we wanted to make. And we know there's lots of controversy around the stadium and the move, but, you know, we're not, we're not political journalists. We're not news journalists. Uh, we couldn't make that programme if we wanted to. <laughs> and yeah. there's Panorama out there and there's Inside Out there. There's other people doing that. What we were interested in as football fans was that, that commonality about football fans is like, what's it like to move home? You know, we haven't done it, but we know other people who have. And, it, and, and it's more common than it... Ha- you yeah, know, it's, it's yeah. very prevalent and, now, isn't and it? And it's yeah, likely yeah. to happen more It's going to down the line. It's happen- yeah, you're right. You know, so what happens when you uproot that ritual that you've done probably, you know, for 30 years or for 40 years, or in somebody's case in the film, almost 80 years? Bloody hell. You know, how do you, how do you feel? And that, that's the, the way we approached it. So what we really wanted to do was not about whether they should be moving to this new stadium and, you know, the rights and wrongs or what it was going to be like. But what was it like to uproot all those memories, pack them away and move? You know, how easy is it? And that, that's where we started from. And they seemed to like that idea. So well, I guess good. that's why we did it. But I guess it, Paul, therefore, it's a voyage of discovery for them as, you go, as they're going along, isn't it? I mean, which would have been... That's, surely that's the, that's the beauty of this, isn't it? Is that there, there was... This, they didn't have a precedent. The players, the fans, the owners, this is all brand spanking new. Yeah, and I thought it was a really 
interesting move for West Ham to want to open the doors to us and let us into the homes in David Gold's home, behind the scenes with the management at the training ground. Every single door was open to us. To the extent where the West Ham media guys kept saying, hey, can you get through all these doors? We can't get through there. It's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so we were very privileged and it felt really special. And um, as fly-on-the-wall documentary makers, you know what to do in those moments. Just to follow the hotspots in the room and just be very quiet, be invisible, but just be there and just film what is going on. And you don't quite know what it is at the time, but you know that you're in an important place. Then when you get in the edit suite, you find out, actually, there's a good story here or there isn't, and you piece it together. But it was, I thought, it was very brave of West Ham to do that Mm. because they had no editorial control to let us get on with it and no one knew which way it was going to go. No. The fact that the very last match... In Funny, that you stadium. Did you enjoy that, Paul? Every time I've sat in the edit suite, every time I've sat in the edit suite, and Marshall scores that second goal, I think, hey, we can do it. We, <laughs> we could get in Champions League, that, innit? Oh, shit. <laughs> Honestly. Just, isn't, it love, isn't it wonderful that he still brings a certain naivety to his, to his work, isn't it, there? Uh, and the but, fact that he keeps mentioning his games they lost in. Has but <laughs> but you, must, you must have been rubbing your hands when, like, 12 games in, West Ham have, like, I mean, they've beaten City, they've beaten Arsenal, they've beaten Liverpool. It was like, it was, it was like, because the big fear, wasn't it? You're going to go to a white elephant and be in the championship. Yeah. So that could have been the story you there, got. There was, and then you're 12 games in and suddenly you're like, this is going somewhere else, this. There's something in the psyche of a football team. And I think it happened, like we said before, to Leicester last year. Mm. They knew, the more Leicester went on, the more, the more, the more they knew that how important and, and amazing that season was. Same with the West Ham. They knew they were leaving that <clears> ground. <throat> and it just felt like this is a different season than we've ever had before. You know, and no matter how foreign or new those players were, as a team, they just believed in that. And so I think that was kind of a magical moment for West Ham. And what came clear in that film as well was that there's one man who was going to remind all the foreign players what it was just about, and that's Mark Noble. Uh, you know, you watch him. The beating spent... heart. Of yeah. that, oh, the yeah. Thing, yeah. He really did come to the fore, didn't he? I sometimes look at him and I think, like, you know, he, he should be in black and white because he's like a player from a different <laughs> era. You could <can laughs> see Alan, him like Alan Kerbisy years ago when Kerbisy came into the club uh, and, and saved us from relegation that season. Uh, I was chatting to him afterwards and uh, we we were at a away game and, he, and Mark Noble walked past. He said, "There he goes, the shop steward." <laughs> and that was when he was 18, 19 years old. And what he meant by he was the he yeah. was the bloke who he ran the canteen. Yeah, and he runs it. He runs it now in a way. We, we, remember, we were touring. I can't remember who it was. He was touring the new stadium when it was being built with one of the new players that just signed in that transfer window. I can't remember one of the French guys. And, and we and we didn't use this in the film, but we heard him talking to him. And he was going, right, when you meet someone, or we, here's a word you need to use. It's called geese. <laughs> <laughs> and you get everyone in front of him, geese, geese, yeah, geese. What does it mean? It doesn't matter. Just call everyone geese and you'll be fine. <laughs> and that was his sort of like introduction to the East End <laughs> of how you operate. So a jelly deal free zone for anyone who doesn't like them. And even I from that area cannot abhor them. Um <laughs> Boys, tell me, t- l- 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 we're coming to you now, so fill us in. Let's, let's have the nitty-gritty. Uh, we, we're sitting here now, and uh, there will be a premiere at, towards the end of the week, and then, then how do people get to see it? Thursday evening, we're having a premiere just down the road from here, Mile End, Genesis Cinema. On Saturday, we're having a, another premiere in Hollywood for some, a few Hammers fans out there. What, and, Hollywood uh, in Longford? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they shut that down in 1987. The other Hollywood. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a few West Ham's out, for, out, out there. You know, James Surprising Corden number. might be coming. We're here. You know, there's people like that. Brilliant. And, and uh, but from that weekend onwards, Most of the ICF. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that weekend onwards, you've got the ability to download it on the iTunes. 3rd of March. You can buy it from the club. Step up, Kate. Come on. You can buy it from the club. You the can download it from the normal places where you would download stuff like this. Or you can buy the DVD from the club directly. Or HMV. Or HMV. Or Tesco's. Not sure about Tesco. No, something like that. <laughs> How do we found out about? Is, are, are you, on, you boys on Twitter? Let's let's have all the let's have all the handles. Yep. Yes, uh, we've got an Iron Men Twitter thing. Um, which, we're so across this, aren't we? You can see that like, we've just come from there. It could be Iron Men. Iron Men. What film? Multi glorious. We should talk more about Forest. Yeah. You come here for one. You had one job. 48 hours from a UK premiere. Yeah. 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 Where are we on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have we got to? The internet is a lovely place, by the way. If you Google stuff, you can... Do you know what it is? It's League Cup winning fever that boy is suffering from over there, I can tell. <laughs> and who wouldn't blame him? Uh, gentlemen, this was a wonderful time. Thank you very much indeed. That was the Whistleblowers. And before we go, just one word from our East Midlands sponsors. Hello, I'm Mark Webster. And on March the 18th, I'll be hosting an evening with one of the game's great characters, John Sitton. Player, coach, documentary star, cabbie, and author of A Little Knowledge is a Dangerous Thing. The night, night takes place at Greenwood Meadows FC, Lenton Lane in Nottingham, and it's just £15 a ticket, which includes food and the Six Nations on the big screen. Tickets from the venue or at, paypal.m, uh, at paypal.me forward slash Rawdon forward slash 15. That's an evening with John Sitton and a little bit of me. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at thewhistleblowers.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.